It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Collider Ladies Night. I'm very, very excited for this guest right now because I have Sarah Silverman on the show for the new movie, Marry Me. Hello, congratulations, and how you doing? Hola, I'm well. How are you? I am doing very, very well. Still to this day, the highest compliment I've ever received is someone once called me the love child between Sarah Silverman and Emma Stone, and it means the world to me. That's incredible. I don't know. I'm never going to let that one go. All right. So the first thing we do on ladies night is we play with this dice tower behind me. I've got eight random questions here. I roll the die three times and whatever you land on, that's where we start at least. Okay. All right. First roll up. Starting with a number six, which is wrap gifts. What is the most memorable wrap gift you've ever received? Ooh, what a great question. Ooh, I should really think about this wrap gift. Uh, Oh, we could say anything. No, can we say anything here? I don't know. I think you could say whatever you want. It's my show. I make the rules. This might be um, my old, old show on Comedy Central, the Sarah Silverman program. One year, the crew made a raft gift out of um, a, uh, a, a young actor named John Hamm played a cable guy in one of the scenes. Um, and uh, he, he wore a patch you know, that says Schraub Cable, which was fun because our director, Rob Schraub, you know, so we made it Schraub Cable. And then just small enough so that the camera can't pick it up or make it out. It says its slogan, um, um, eaten all the pussy since 97. All right. I get- so we got hats with that patch on it. <laughs> oh, this answer wasn't so good. <laughs> I think it was a very good answer because you might see a little Easter egg. I don't know how good those glasses are, but you might pick up an Easter egg from that show on this set somewhere, maybe no right above way. my shoulder. 
I think it, right there is season one. Oh my god, it is! That's insane! You have a DVD player? <laughs> I've, um, no, I don't. I have nothing to play those DVDs with anymore, but I've had that since, since the show aired, never gotten rid of it or any of my DVDs for that matter. So when I get the opportunity to do something with them, I do it. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm glad. All right, you got another roll here? Okay. Going with the number seven. Seven is movie and TV skills. If you could learn a new skill or about a different profession through a role, what would you want it to be? Ooh, maybe dance? The art of dance. I feel like in my soul I'm a dancer, but it turns out I'm not. But I want to be. feel like you got to get on TikTok. That's how it, it brings it out in you. You don't even need a role for it. That's true. I want to learn one of those dances. That's going to make me really discovered. <laughs> if you ever do that, I'll meet the challenge and at least give it a shot. Really? All right. Deal. Deal. All right. You got one more roll in the tower. Come on, Sarah. Don't blow it. You got We're it. going with a number three. Oh, she's going to be so happy. My mom is a big fan of yours. So this is the mom and Nems category. She wants to know, did you know Jennifer Lopez before you made Marry Me? No, mom. I did not know her personally. Of course, I've seen all of her movies. I'm a I was, I'm a really big fan. And the good news is she's lovely. She's, she's brilliant. She's great at what she does, but she's very, but not, but, and she's so warm and personable and lovely and uh, family oriented, but boy, she's a boss and it's cool to watch. It's inspiring. I feel like you just made my mom's day with that answer. Thank you for that. Hey. All right, let's get into the meat of our interview now. Going back to the very beginning, I usually start these conversations by asking someone for the movie or the personal experience that specifically made them want to become an actor, but you have an interesting journey here. So going back to the beginning, I was reading that you did your first stand-up performance when you were only 17. So do you remember what maybe made you kind of wake up one morning and say like, this is the time. I have to give that type of performance a shot and I have to do it right now. Um, this is odd, but I, I've always wanted, I've always planned on being a stand-up. I mean, since I can remember, you know, like even I think my mom found something I wrote, I filled out like a worksheet in third grade and it says, when I grow up, I want to be, and then I wrote a comedian, an actress, or a masseuse. But, uh, that was just because my big sisters would do that thing where they'd have me rub their shoulders and then they'd go, you're so good at this. And I'd be like, you know, rub their shoulders longer. <laughs> I'm lucky. I never thought about doing anything else. I just, um, as soon as I could, I started doing stand-up. So again, every path is different. And I always get really curious to hear about whether studying a craft in a formal setting is right for someone or if they would rather get out there and get real world experience. And actually, now that I'm saying that, I don't even know if you studied anything performance wise at NYU. So I guess, what did you study for your year there? And what was it like coming to the conclusion that the right move for you was to leave that setting behind and get out there and get to work? Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I was a drama major for the one year of NYU I went to. And uh, I, but I also was doing stand, was doing like open mic nights and I was, I 
had a job. I passed out flyers for a comedy club on Third Street called the Boston Comedy Club. And I, so I worked from um, 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. every day. And then I'd have, you know, like 8 a.m. classes uptown. And um, I was like sleeping through my classes. And I've, I've always been a good student. I mean, I was horrified. I just couldn't keep myself awake. And then, um, so I took a year off and I also decided I wanted to switch majors because I was like, I don't know, going to an expensive school like NYU, I had a little help and my dad paid the, you know, everything and um, to study, I don't know, acting. Not that it, it's, it's a, but I don't know. I wanted to, I knew I wanted to do comedy. So I, I wanted philosophy classes. I wanted English classes. I wanted history classes, you know? So I decided to do art, um, arts and sciences. And then before I entered, my dad said, listen, if you drop out of school and you can just focus on stand-up, you know, would you want to do that? And I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I think you should, I'll, I'll pay your rent and utilities for the next three years. What would be your sophomore, junior, senior year and do it. And, um, and then by the time I would have graduated, I was, I supported myself since I was 22. And it was really like, I couldn't believe he believed in me like that, you know? My mom too. And um, so I was able to just really focus on it, but I still stole classes from NYU after. <laughs> you can go to the big uh, lecture classes. They don't take attendance, you know? You just don't get grades. Yeah, I, I'm glad you made the most of that. And that story about your parents just fills my heart. As someone with very supportive family members, it just like, when you wanna take a swing like that, having them behind you means everything. Yeah, so rare. All right, so moving forward a little bit here. I always love covering bumps in the road on Collider Ladies Night and your SNL experience, I have to imagine was a bit of a big one. So I was listening to an old interview you had done and I know it hurt for a while when that happened, but what would you say was the key to getting past a disappointment like that, but then also maybe even using that experience for the better moving forward? Looking back, it was a great experience. It was really like, boot camp, you know, for, for so many things. And it was almost like New York, it, New York itself, SNL, because it's like, if you can make it there, everything else seems not so hard, you know? And, um, but I, I had a great experience there. That's why I was like, I, I didn't, I never think I'm going to get fired. I've been fired so much and I'm always surprised, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I could tell you for everyone out there that gets fired or this, I mean, there was, some time after SNL where I was like, am I in show business, you know, and you just go back to zero and, and do what, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a comic. I can do comedy. That's my, that's my whole thing, you know, but, um, I do think, you know, as, as a lot of people talk about Charlie Kaufman brilliantly talks about, you can see it on YouTube, just what you do with failure defines you. And uh, I'm able to define myself a lot. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. Sometimes someone else out there just needs to hear that again. Yeah, and it makes all the difference. fails. Like, you know, I mean, right? They, they do. I've failed many a times. I don't take it well initially. And then I take a deep breath and I think about it. But I, I always quote Charlie Kaufman. And, and actually, the quote is so much better than the little piece I always say. But he says, don't fear failure. 
wear it as a badge of honor. It means you risked failure, you know? And I, I found that so inspiring. I love that. I really need to go watch that in full after this. Yes. How about when the acting bug first bit you in terms of non-sketch comedy? When did you feel that draw to, you know, scripted narrative film and television? Um, I've always been interested in it. I mean, I'm someone who, uh, you know, would would sit in my room and uh, read, you know, Our Town over and over and over, Emily's like monologue in the third act over and over and cry. And um, I still watch it. And please go on YouTube and watch Penelope Ann Miller's performance in Our Town, especially act three. It's magical. And I probably watch it every six months for the past since YouTube started. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love acting. I love, um, the, the idea of it, the art of it, the, and, and how it relates to how it influences us. I, I mean, I love what, what I'm saying is I'm a fan as much as enjoying performing. It's just to, to see a mirror up to society, which is, you know, com comedy is that, but to see it in movies and television, especially now, what a golden age of, of, there's some great art happening right now. And it's been really interesting to see. And even, well, I don't have to like pump marry me so much right now, but it does like, it's this uh, rom-com, you know, it's a, uh, there's celebrities, it's whatever, but it is such a mirror of social media and, and what people are able to say when they don't have to see a face looking back at them and, and how we treat people not as human. And it goes back to the roots of humanity is if, if you can look at someone and not see a human, you can do terrible things to them. And you know, there's like a, runs the gamut of microcosms and macrocosms of that. But um, mm -hmm. am I still talking? You know, make you're making a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a big reason why I appreciated the film. It ticked all the romantic comedy boxes that I need in my life every once in a while. But, you know, like a whole lot of films out there, and it's why I love this industry so much. Movies and shows help me process more challenging truths or illuminate things that I might not even be aware of that I'm doing. So that is why I appreciate them. It's not true. It's like that movie is just like this feel good, you know, rom-com, this feel good movie. And we need that so much now. But it's also like... I feel like I could write a college thesis on it. I would read it. <laughs> In our future, we've got TikTok dance videos and your college thesis. I mean, We're good. We have so many plans. <laughs> I have to re-enroll in college again. I mean, I wouldn't mind going through that again. Um, I think I'd like it this time. Let's, I mean, a big broad question here, but I want to hit so many of your earlier films. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, the School of Rock, Evolution, Heartbreakers kind of zone here. Evolution, is, Heartbreakers. I love Evolution too much, maybe. Is there any one of those earlier Hollywood films that made you say, if I can continue to make these big movies, I want to work on ones like that that are run that way? Well, less than, a, I mean, those were really fun. And, oh, I had a blast on School of Rock. I mean, that was really, but um, I, I had that experience with um, a movie called Take This Waltz. And it was Sarah Polly wrote and directed it. And it was, I had wonderful experiences, but this was the first time I was like, wow, uh, someone can have a vision and be, know exactly what she wants and be in total control and be this brilliant director and lovely and 
kind and never loses her shit. Like I was like, oh, right, yeah. It, that is, doesn't just go with the territory, you know? And, and people have become more and more aware of behavior on sets, but that was a real experience of um, just something I wanted to, to emulate and realize like, come on, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, anytime you feel like you want to complain, you're like, I'm, this is the dream, right? Stop, like, just have fun. This is not I'm a so life we should be going through with furrowed brow. I'm so happy you veered off my list there because Sarah Polly is always a winning answer. Yeah, right, wow. One of the best of the best, I'm a very big fan. You know, I have to bring up, I smile back, which even, what is it, like five years later, I still can't get over how good you are in that movie. I, I rewatched it for the first time in a couple of years the other night. And just I, like, again, I'm sure you heard this a million times, but holy shit, it's so good. Oh Thank you so much. Yes. I mean it. Specifically with that one, I'm always fascinated by what it really means to get nominated for something like a SAG award. Did being recognized in that way for a project like that open the door to opportunities that maybe you weren't even being considered for before? Yeah, it was really neat. I, I um, you know, that was that movie was made for four hundred thousand dollars and it was like, uh, you know, 30, 40, 30 days or something. And it was just really, um, really cool and, and interesting. You know, I learned so much because I just thought like, well, I'll pretend these circumstances are real and then they'll say cut and, you know, we'll have jokes and it'll be fun. But uh, what I didn't realize is I'm not, I don't have my 10,000 hours in enough to compartmentalize that stuff. So I, it was really uh, harder than I thought, but um, I was really glad I did it and I had a great job. And the, the writer, Amy Koppelman, just directed her next thing with um, Amanda Seyfried and uh, wrote it and directed it. And it's incredible. You know, I'm just so happy for her and it was neat. Sticking with awards briefly, because I find myself having this particular conversation often. I feel like maybe you're a good person to pose this question to. So I know you were nominated for an Annie Award for your work in Ralph Breaks the Internet. And I am a big believer that we need an Academy Award category for voice performances. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, taking myself out of it, that does make sense because there are like really unbelievable performances by by voice artists in animated films, you know, and everything else get has awards. It's weird that there is not an acting award. I mean, you know, of all the things I think actors can handle not being recognized for one aspect, but it it is really true, isn't it? You're right. I think about that a lot. I could go on and on with that. Ellen DeGeneres as Dory. I mean, I think about that. I think about Amy Poehler as Joy in Inside Out. That was a year I would have voted for her. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. good. All right. Again, we have too many credits to hit. Not enough time right now. So a broad question so we can hit two right now. Big question. Of all the directors that you've worked with on films, Whose process would you say aligned with yours the most, where you instantly clicked the second you got on set? But then who's someone who made you adapt to what they like to do and maybe adapt for the better? Oh, my gosh. Um, I just did a movie uh, over the summer. I don't know what the, the name will be. It was but um, but Blair Underwood directed it 
And I made a decision going into it that I wasn't going to try to control anything, that I'm a, an actor for hire and an actor's job is to make the words and make the, you know, work, make, you know, the direction and the words and, and make it natural, you know? And so I really, I mean, it's like probably late in my life to suddenly decide to like take acting seriously. But, you know, I mean, I was, I really did it as like, you know, this is my job and this is what I need to do. And it was really fun and really exciting doing that. Just any suggestion, any suggestion he made, any direction he gave, I went with it a hundred percent. And it was so neat to, to work that way. I mean, do you know what I mean? I know that, I don't know if that's a good answer, but it was, it was really fun for me to, to, to work, to have that, to make a decision and, and really give myself over to like, whatever his vision was, you know? I hear you on that. I'm pumped to see you in a thriller too. <laughs> Curious myself. <laughs> All right, let's get into Marry Me now. I feel like there's probably a slew of answers to this question, but the Marry Me opportunity comes your way. What is the number one most exciting thing about that project that makes you say, I need this movie in my life right now? I was like, do I want to be in a Jennifer Lopez movie? And then I was like, <laughs> yeah, I really do. I mean, I... And I was thinking about all her movies and I'm like, I've seen all of them. I love them. She's brilliant in them. It, you know, it's, and they're always about love. And then there's Owen Wilson, who I'm a super fan of. I, I'm, I love his writing. I love his performance. And um, to get to play his best friend, I just was like, definitely New York for two months, spend every day with Owen. And he was everything I, they both were everything you could ever want them to be. But it was just lovely to, I would be Owen's best friend any day. It does look like a lot of fun. I feel like that kind of energy radiates off the screen as you watch it. So great success in that department. I also have to ask you about working with Kat, who is like kind of blowing up right now. And I know in particular, a lot of our audience is very excited to see what she does with She-Hulk. So what is it about her that makes her stand out from other directors you've worked with before? Why should everyone out there be really excited that, yeah, we're getting Marry Me, but possibly many, many more films and shows from Kat? Um, isn't she a force? Like, oh my gosh. And she's just like, so cool. She's like a sprite, you know, she's like a cheerleader. And that's, I think that's, you know, here she is, she's helming this movie. She's, you know, working on the script. She's working on the, you know, a, a director is just decisions, 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 decisions. And you have to, you know, everything trickles down from there. And the set was lovely, happy, warm, fun. And she was like the biggest cheerleader. So, you know what I mean? There was, she, she has a, she had a vision for it. She was really um, creative. She, she, she um, collaborated, you know, she wanted to hear your thoughts and ideas, but she also had a vision. And I just, I'm really excited to see what she's doing next. That answer makes me happy because it sounds like it's a lot of good stuff for us on the viewer's side. But what you just said means it's going to be a great opportunity for anybody uh, in the acting sphere that gets to work with her too. It sounds like a really fulfilling process. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. 
I know my mom already kind of asked you this question, but I want to ask you more about working with Jennifer Lopez, but not just as a co-star in the movie, but also as a producer on the film. Can you feel the difference working with her when she fills both roles? A hundred percent. I mean, she and her partner, Elaine, are like just a huge force in this industry, like uh, this, uh, you know, secret, uh, you know, they, they're an empire and they built it. And every decision you see them working together, they're, they've been together for years. They, you know, it's the relationship is so lovely to see, but boy, they, there isn't anything they can't do. They have so many things, you know, they're developing, they're making, Marry Me was like years in the process. And um, she's really, she's a boss, you know? I, I can't believe, I, I don't, it's not language I usually use, but you know, she really, she, she's, she is someone I would say that about. She really excels at everything. She, she's um, prepared, she's just a pro. It's really cool to see. Just, they're such a force together and she's such a force. Makes me really happy when I hear about someone who already has a platform, but then uses it in that way. It's just, it's there inspiring. should be more stuff like that. Yeah. All right, so as we wind down ladies night, we always play another game. And for you, I've got a round of would you rather. They're all Amazing. acting related questions and some of them are a little silly. I'm gonna start with my favorite one of the bunch. Would you rather have to fake sneeze or fake vomit in a scene? Um, I think fake sneeze. Yeah, no, fake sneeze, yeah. Because I've had to fake vomit and you have to have like pea soup in your mouth, cold pea soup in your mouth. And it's it makes you really want to vomit. The only follow-up to that though is you're comfortable with doing a convincing fake sneeze. That's the only reason why I always think sneeze is the wrong answer. <laughs> no, that wasn't very good. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I've had someone do that before and I still enjoy that version also. Uh, let's go with, would you rather work opposite someone who improvises nonstop or someone who sticks to the script all the time and never veers from it? Ooh. That's a good question. I should just have an easy answer. I could answer it either way because these aren't supposed you know, to be easy. I'm glad you don't have an easy answer. It's complex. <laughs> like them sticking to the script and I can improvise. That's, you know, I mean, that that could also be fun. But when they're always improvising, it keeps you so fresh. You have to be in the moment. You can't like go, oh, I'm acting like I'm in the moment, but secretly I'm going to do this little move and this line. No. You have to be right there. Yeah, improvising, I guess. Although it could probably become grading. Maybe. I feel like improvising all the time would scare the shit out of me, but I would also appreciate the fact that it forces me to stay on my toes. Yeah. There's no winning. There's no winning with these questions. Yes, and. All right. How about, would you rather play the killer in a horror movie or get a really gnarly death scene? Ooh, well, you could do both. I mean, you can do it. You just cheated at that question. No one, no one's picked up on that. That is the right answer. Yeah, and do both. Killer, and then you're killed. Can Have we ever please? had a squib go off? Have you ever had to, like I've, I? I mean, <laughs> it's crazy because you have to not anticipate it, but inside you know this thing is about to explode on you, and you just feel a ting. But it's so scary. I've never had that before, but I was a stand-in for someone who had like a tube of blood spurting out and it might've been the greatest day of my life. I want to know what. 
for a very a very itty bitty movie I made out of college called Child Eater. Oh, oh my God, it's, that's amazing. I know it's it's something else. It was an experience. All right, let's go with. Would you rather work on a film where you can only get one take or have to do a hundred takes? I want to do a hundred takes, but I'm going to say one take because I also like being home. Then you have to prepare. You have to be ready. As a homebody, I appreciate that quite a bit. Uh, Let's do one more. Would you rather have to fake wake up or fake drive in a scene? Oh, they both sound fun. How about I fake wake up and I'm (laughs) fake driving? Let me give you a little example of what that would look like. (gasps) I believed it. Sold. All right. Sold. The woman in the TV set. I'll end with, we always use, we usually end with the same two questions. I'm going to go with one of them for you. It's a rather big question, but you could take it in a lighter direction if you prefer. What is the biggest fear that you've ever had that you've either overcome or are making progress in overcoming? Probably my, I'm going to take this in a light direction, but it is true. I have like sound sensitivity and probably my biggest fear in terms of that would be like um, someone eating an apple in a quiet car. I have not found ways to cope other than like taking myself out of the situation, but my dad got me these um, gun range headphones and they really do the trick. All right, that's, that's step number one, many more steps to come, I believe. Mm-hmm. All right, I gotta let you go, but Huge congratulations on Marry Me and everything you've accomplished in your career. I cannot wait to see more. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I need more DVDs for my show. I I don't know if anything you do now is going to add a DVD, but yeah. Yeah, I need one of those. What's the next DVD? Blip Blop. Oh, streaming. (laughs) Yeah. No, they're just going to implant the movies in our heads next. And the scary thing is I wouldn't say no. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.